Hello and welcome to this episode of the Soul Love Podcast, where we go deep on what it means to really live and love from the soul. We are your hosts, Gria. My name's Aaron, and we're a twin flame couple. And on this podcast, we're going to be sharing authentically from our journey in the hopes that you, the listener, will get some really clear insights and perhaps even some strategies on how you can live and love from the soul. Let's rock. Let's rock it. Woohoo. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Soul Love Online Podcast. I'm Aaron and this is Greer. And today we've got a very special guest, Illumina Christos. <laughs> and I first met Illumina, it was quite early on in my journey. Uh, it was with one of my soul brothers, Josh, who um, is a relation of Illumina's. And he took me for a session and yeah, I don't, I, something very profound happened that day. And I went through some massive initiations following that and um yeah we reached out to illumina last year and we innocently innocently (laughs) we'd uh started another podcast which was called the frequency shift and um life really shifted a lot after that podcast A, a huge amount of events unfolded and um one of which we you know, facilitated Illumina come down and do a retreat in Tasmania. And uh, it was all around divine union and sovereignty within relationships. And yeah, Greer and I have gone deep into that. And we've, we really feel we've gone through a lot of the integration and we thought we'd invite Illumina back for a conversation to, you know, bring that whole process full circle and uh, really get some deeper insights and understandings. So uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us, Illumina. It's a pleasure to be here. And I have, um, I have been observing your journey together for the last, it was it only a year? It's probably maybe oh, it was a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a year since you came to Tassie, but we worked with you for quite a few months prior That's to that. So it's probably a year yeah. and a half. But. So, you know, I really honour, um, wow, how you two have taken the bull by the horns. <laughs> Been pretty massive. Yeah. 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 And for those interested, we actually share a bit about um, that journey a bit more on our podcast Mm -hmm. called uh, The Art of Blending uh, Spiritual Growth and Business Growth because, yeah, yeah, we were in a completely different space when we initiated the work with you, Illumina. We were both quite Mm -hmm. in our masculine and we really had to integrate our feminine, which, you know, took its toll on our business and we shared quite deeply about that. That's, um, that's, yeah, that's an incredible transition um, to make. And I guess because it was really, you know, it was, it was your heart's truth and that can't be denied. And when you are on a strong path, that, that's really your, that's our, um, our navigator, that's our compass basically. And from there we'll be guided really clearly as to, you know, where, you know, what is the right choice and, and how do I let go of attachment so that I can actually receive the guidance from inside and, um, and, and integrate that somehow. So I, I believe you two have done a pretty remarkable job of that as well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was just going to say, as, as Aaron said, like when we initially, he got you on to interview you about the Divine Union work. And I remember in that interview, because I was kind of sitting to the side, I wasn't on camera, but I was listening in on that. And you pretty much did like 
the full reading of I, my masculine energy. I was sitting there going, oh. And I was, I was just thinking, oh, like this. And so when we embarked upon that inquiry into the divine union, as I said, I thought I, I'm such romantic at heart. So I was like, oh, divine union, that sounds amazing. And uh, totally unaware of what was going to unfold. So, and I know a similar thing with sovereignty, we had quite kind of, I would say, um, entry point level understanding of what it meant to be sovereign within a relationship. So I'd love to, and part of our intention with this interview is that we, um, that you will illuminate that, you know, the deeper meaning and context and, and purpose of, of sovereign and gifts of sovereignty. So I'd love mm -hmm. it if you could share some of that. Well, it is quite a, quite a commitment to, you know, especially when you are in a relationship, in an intimate relationship and, and you are also really high, high, sorry, hold the highest values for your soul's growth and path. Because um, as uh, my teacher Kuala at the time shared with me, many couples will go to the sixth level initiation in divine union. That is if they're on a strong spiritual path, but they won't want to go to the next one often you know it'll be like oh wow we've achieved this wonderful you know progression in our our evolution and our growth we have this harmony and this level of comfort and we'll just hold on here mm -hmm. we'll just plateau here so going to that next level of um the seventh initiation of divine union is is the level of sovereignty mm -hmm. it is the level of commitment to the utmost truth and but it's also the level of commitment to um to really the the, the highest most scintillating relationship as far as intimate partners go mm. because when we are committed to living at that level of truth to be honest there are very few people who will actually meet us there we will be continued to be tested because that in itself is, you know, it is the path. Mm. Um, so the seventh initiation of divine union to actually f go into full mastery of that can be done in intimate relationship. So long as both partners are, are truly committed to that, or if one partner is willing to hold the, uh, that commitment and really insist on taking that relationship to that level. Mm. So that means we're going to keep, um, keep honest, keep open, keep rising to that truth. I'm not sure what else to say at the moment. Do you have a, a question to lead me in? Um, I think that that brings up, you know, as we said just before we started recording, we've been through some um, initiations over the last 24 hours, 48 hours within our own relationship, and we were both like, oh, no, it's because we're going to... Not, oh, no, but, you know, we're aware that we're bringing you back in, that we're re-entering um, fields. Mm -hmm. and, um, we had a conversation not last night, but the night before, but essentially we were both feeling um, like it wasn't okay for us that we couldn't kind of 
that we were almost being made wrong with what our deepest truth was because our kind of polarities and what we have found when the big triggers coming up is that it's almost like a core wound, but we, it expresses itself in, in polarities. Of and course. so one level, so in, in some ways that even make each other like more painful or more because they're so mm-hmm. opposite. But mm-hmm. once for us, once we recognize, oh, it's that same core wound, yeah. it's just that then that kind of then brings us yeah. back together. And you, you Beautiful. Well, like that, there's something yeah. to do with me. Well, literally, well, yeah, you, you were saying words that of how I was feeling. <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, word for word. Yeah. yeah. But totally, yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's kind of really, I guess that's giving you a bit, although we didn't go into the story of what happened, that's, that's essentially how that expresses. And then once we saw... A, that we're coming, it's the same wound and, and having that own internal experience of me knowing I, I just need to be okay and that it's okay for me to be honest about how I am and then that helps me be okay with you being, with like taking out the judgment or the, it wasn't judgment, it was just like, no, that's not what I want or, you know, that's like, oh, okay, that's just, it kind of brings in deeper acceptance, I find. And then from there, we see each other and I know for us time and time again, when we've, particularly when we've been revealing shame things or stuff that's like where we like I'm there's something about me that I have deep shame about that when I reveal that um I, I've never felt ever judgment coming from you and likewise when you've revealed a shame able to kind of hold each other in that space and the healing that comes from that from that honesty and and the beauty I've always seen the purest beauty in any shame and vice versa because it's truth and for me that's one of the greatest gifts of this sovereign journey is realizing that wow that the truth no matter how shameful or whatever it is that the mind wants to put on it it's beautiful because it's true and then that brings us back into that and then often those things just kind of dissipate because they've been seen mm. well that's extraordinary and just the fact that you apply your awareness in that moment rather than go more deeply into separation and you're both equally committed to doing that and uh and i really honor you know the trust between you as well because um that in itself is is really really important in this kind of situation because if there wasn't that trust Mm. then it would be more challenging probably to to want to come back into the union yeah however the fact that you are pregnant and the the safety and protection that a woman needs in this state Mm -hmm. is you know at a pretty high level it's instinctively that and to feel your reality being threatened in any way and the loss the potential loss of the father of this child is um is a really huge issue for you or or potentially would be naturally it would be because your your instincts and everything about you is now i'm going to protect this baby and I need the protection of my lover, that baby's father. And that is, you know, that's why when you're pregnant, 
that can be a, an incredibly challenging time if that's not there for you when you are in relationship with a man that you love. Yeah. If you've got another story running where you're going to be having a baby as a single woman or you're fiercely independent and you cannot allow even a man uh, to, you know, you won't even attract that from a man, that level of protection, that you're going to provide it for yourself. That's more my background mm -hmm. based on, you know, how I grew up and what I, what was modeled to me with my parents was a strongly independent mother and a, you know, and a father that was unable to provide and protect. Mm. So that's the difference. But if you are, you know, living with um, the father of your, of your child, then um, as you're pregnant, then that is, is definitely what you'll be looking for. And I know that you've been on this journey for, a last, for the last 18 months, at least, career of opening deeply your feminine energy, whereas prior to that, you were more geared in that, in that um, doing nature, you know, in that active doing nature. Yeah. But I have observed you softening so much and, and becoming more receptive. Mm. and um and you know so in this case you can receive aaron's protection mm. and um and and his provision for for you and uh, your child yeah and i think it's, it's like for me like 48 hours ago it was such a balance of um because again our commitment to one another is to that it's okay to be honest you know that it's our honesty and and the we've often said that it's the because of that um, commitment to honesty. It's like although Aaron was like revealing something to me that was like intense. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I went into that fear, and I literally said to you, "I just need to feel safe right now." And I, the baby was just like, like the entire time that Aaron's like revealing these things. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm pregnant! I'm carrying your child! You're telling me this mm -hmm. happened." But but what I said is that afterwards, that because you were so honest. I trusted you even more and it had even though what you were telling me I could have like gone into not trusting and you hadn't done anything or anything like that but it was just like you were just being yeah. about the feeling that was coming yeah. up I was just like yeah. so it's such a balance and also I think that balance of like allowing ourselves to feel allowing ourselves to be our humanity and feel the feeling and allow that emotion to rise and and be expressed without um projecting or dive or like being swallowed up by it and that yeah. balance which um yes again having that core thing of trust and then that honesty is like almost tested and then the, so the trust deepens and so it does actually make it easier in some ways our conversations it, it they get even more intense but there's more trust there so it's like becomes safer and it's safer to yeah yeah so imagine projecting um, that, that fear into your future, like, which is like next week and tomorrow. And, you know, imagine if you were unable, unwilling to actually let go of that story and, um, and align to, you know, to your centre and your core. Mm. And you were projecting that vision, that 
imagine the fallout that the two of you could happen mm -hmm. if you did that, if you projected that onto your relationship and how eventually he would be questioning whether he really wanted to be with you. And, and, and of course, some people, some partners go, oh, wow, you know, I've, I've been receiving this, this projection for the last two to five years. I've hung in there. I really want to stay. I want this to work. But my partner is seeing me through the filter of fear. Mm. And she continues or he continues to badger me, be jealous, be possessive. And I'm, I don't feel the space and the freedom to even be in my joy with this person. Mm. Um, so we really have to take a lot of self-responsibility for our fears and, and to not be continually projecting them um, actively onto the partner. Now, sometimes it can take a while of just sitting with that and not talking about it, but just going, I don't want to be projecting this onto my partner. I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to deal with it. And sometimes it just takes more time mm -hmm. to actually really get to the core, more events in life, more initiations, more, more challenges before we can really get to the core of something incredibly deep that seems to go like way beyond this lifetime that seems to have been there for eternity. So it might not just dissipate through, you know, through being with yourself and aligning that aspect of, of the consciousness and really bring it in, in into the heart and having this compassion especially if we have karma around this, like if we have karma with men or if we have karma with women, mm -hmm. then we need to be able to be willing to continue to meet and align, continue to meet and align, continue to forgive, continue, because we will continue to attract it until that balance happens. So to the degree that we have projected or experienced this and projected and and uh, um, attracted and played out, acted out these types of, say, um, you know, wounds or dynamics with a, with a man or a woman. Uh, and if we've done it over lifetimes and we just haven't, you know, we just haven't got to that place of balancing it, haven't got it right, keep acting regardless Yes, I'm aware that it would be better if I actually don't project my fears onto my life and reality, but I'm going to do it anyway. So if we continue to just do it, do it, do it, do it, then we're going to be continued because that's what we're affecting the field with. Mm. We're sending into the field. We're creating waves and ripples in our field and the field around us that hold this fear. Mm -hmm. and that is what we're sending out so that's that's the message that we're giving that will that's our contribution mm -hmm. to the field as well as all the other good things mm -hmm. so that's an interesting thing in itself yeah to need to balance things out depending on how big our story is with it or how ancient it is how how dramatic the Akashic record is. Mm. Mm, beautiful. Um, if, before actually really doing that work, 
with you, you know, last year. I think my only reference point for sovereignty was seeing people like live in the world in a sovereign way away from the system off the grid. So that was something that was sort of appealing to me. And now having gone through uh, this, in, these initiations and this process and the integration, um, now really what I believe sover sovereignty to be within relationship is really a degree of wholeness and how that manifested for Greer and I was uh, clearing a lot of the contracts that were creating neediness unconsciously in our relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I was actually really interested coming into this podcast interview as to, um, first of all, like how it is that you find those contracts, um, how it is you sort of read our energy field and, and what's playing out and then what really happens when those contracts are cleared like that whole process okay all right <laughs> just a few things <laughs> it just teaches us how to do it too <laughs> I just wave my magic wand <laughs> take your time okay so I've actually been working with my, my own daughter for the last 13 years, say, um, since she was 13 years old, more directly. And at this point, she's becoming quite good at, at exploring her consciousness and reading the mirror and, um, and um, so it does take some practice. Basically, it takes a, firstly, it requires trust in, in the power of our own flame, our heart flame, you know, that eternal part of our nature, which is, is really everything. And, well, it's our superpower. That's what I call it. And I know we have a superpower inside of us because I know that our physical body is like an extraordinary, um, extraordinary, miraculous um, vehicle for our souls. So given this body and our, our soul flame and our very breath are all, all intrinsically and powerfully connected, we definitely have a superpower we can access. So that's the first truth that we need to, to really acknowledge. Just a moment. And I, I believe that, you know, many people have forgotten or, or it's like we just, we just don't realise for some reason how miraculous we are. I believe that it's probably got to do with how we were raised and how we're educated because there is no focus on, on our spiritual nature and how really it's woven, it's woven through us. So there is no way that we are not extraordinarily powerful beings. We're powerful creators. Now, if we're taught awareness, applying awareness, if we're taught that as well when we're young, Firstly, that this is our superpower and that there is a wholeness there 
and that any sadness or any conflict that we may come into when we're a young child, that there is a place we can go inside that is completely holy. Mm. And it's, it fills us, it fills our bodies, it emanates from our fields, it's all around us. It's, it's really developing a reverence for life and, and, the, and the field. So from that place of reverence, things can transform in a, in a most powerful way more than if we're just having a, a conversation where we're uh, listening to our, our thoughts and our feelings and we're going, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way, you know. That is, uh, that's, that's good because we're creating awareness and acknowledgement. But if we, if we leave out the superpower, then we may not, um, we may not be able to bring that aspect home to the heart mm. whereby it will continue to have a, an influence and an effect and a resonance that is going to attract others around us that resonate in that way and more of those sorts of experiences. So there are some basic laws, you know, it's, it's the universal law of resonance because if we're, say, in depression, for instance, or if we are putting out negative thoughts a lot and, and seeing life from the view of a negative lens, and if we're judging and commenting and gossiping, then we are going to attract that type of um that type of energy back to us we're going to experience a low vibration we're going to maybe have little altercations or unpleasant experiences inconveniences because of that resonance now that doesn't differentiate between um specific things but the law of reflection does. So that is, I know that some people really don't like the law of reflection. And it's like, no, they really did that. And there is nothing about me that is like them. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that is unfortunate because what shows up in our reality is it's like a manifestation of our unconscious energy right before us. So, you know, that is, that's a gift. And when we see it as a gift, as you two have been doing, you know, you, you go, okay, I feel these things, but there's a gift in this. And when we see everything as a gift, then that makes life very exciting. That makes transformation very exciting. Because then we know that we're shifting energy and consciousness constantly. When we're actually like taking a breath, opening our field, allowing this awareness to come in of this superpower of our, our you know, eternal flame within the soul of our being, then we, we're going somewhere. We're, we're making progress in our relationship. 
And there may be times of frustration. There may be times when we don't want to let go and it's all okay. There's no right or wrong way. There's no, we have free will. We can do it any way we wish to. But the truth is, divine union, as, as you said, Greer, sounds like a really beautiful thing, but it is a strong path. It is a very strong path. And it is about bringing our deep feeling nature, which we can may refer to as the feminine or just feeling nature, emotional nature, and our masculine nature, our doing, our, our you know, active nature and activating nature, bringing those together in harmony. And in essence, they're quite different. You know, they're quite different. But when they're married, when they're alchemically meeting and melding, then we have a compassionate masculine um, or a compassionate ability to act and to speak and to communicate and to create from. So that's the, that's the payoff. And, you know, that in itself is, is a beautiful thing because it helps us to get along with each other and with other people. Because we meet these parts of ourselves that are, you know, that, that are really needing our love and compassion, we're able to meet others with a similar love and compassion. And when others feel safe in our company and like we create space for them, we're present with them, we're, we're interested in hearing truly how they are with our presence. And you may have already noticed that when you show up in a really present way with another, just in passing, you don't have superficial conversations. You don't gossip because you don't attract that from them. More like they can be arrested by your presence. And then they suddenly start to share something to open up and, and really say, you know, how they're suffering. And they feel safe with you. And they spend some moments with you and you may hug them. And then somehow they've been so deeply touched, something shifted and they go on with their day feeling better. So how to, how to meet the consciousness is, an, is, uh, is simply by really giving yourself some space to sit in the frequency of presence and to introspect, to apply your awareness where you may have been filtering through thoughts after an incident in your day, after you maybe contracted your energy or you had a few words that didn't feel so great. And then you close your eyes and you sit in this presence, in this still place, and you really are completely willing 
to have that voice be stilled and let it go just so that you can be in this state of presence with your eternal flame, with the field of all that is. And then you can call that part, you can invite that part in. That part of you that felt unseen and unmet earlier in the day. Like you were invisible, perhaps. And then you just hold space for that part, like you are, you know, a divine father, divine mother energy. And you're simply seeing the wholeness in that part. You're perceiving the wholeness and you're seeing it on your inner eye, standing there before you. Initially looking all shy and small and insignificant and sad about this thing that shows up where you're not seen in the world, where you're not met, where you feel just a little small and unnoticeable. And then you continue to radiate your heart's essence and frequency into the heart of this part of you. And then you can also choose to break contracts, which will help release the consciousness of that part of you. What does it believe? What does that part of you believe? What are the beliefs? And then you can simply, by divine decree and under universal law, as a powerful way of doing it, or you can simply intend to give over to the field all thinking and believing that I am insignificant, that I am invisible, that I am unattractive, that I am not noticed in the world. But I have to do something extraordinary to be noticed. That I have to be a little louder. That I need to mis misbehave. <laughs> Whatever it might be. And, and, you know, that is a fairly common thing, especially with children. People will often grow up and bring those childhood patterns into their adult life and may never grow out of them unless they're really willing to meet that. So until that part has actually come into the heart, released, and you can, you can sense when it's happening because there's a, there's a relaxedness, there's a freedom. And it takes a while to really like fully develop the gift of reading, but intuitively you can certainly, you can certainly meet that part and you can certainly discover how it feels and what it believes just by being really committed to doing that. Very focused with your love and with your consciousness. And then what I usually do is I go to the, 
the one that triggered it. That bold, brassy, insensitive person out there in the world who just looked past me, who didn't even look at me when they served me, who was too busy talking to someone else, like I don't matter. And then we ask ourselves, well, where do I do that, even in a small way? Where does that happen in my life? Who do I do that to? Do I do that to my child? Do I do that to my, you know, my, my partner or my mother? And then we find the consciousness. It doesn't have to be exactly like them, but we just find the part that is. And then we do the same process with that. And then there is a, then there is a union that occurs between those two parts of us within our chakras within our energy centers, within our core. And then as it integrates, what was holding that perception and, and those feelings starts to transmute or transform into presence. And that's the gift. <laughs> the gift is more presence. And the more we do that, the more emotional stability we feel, the stronger we become. And I'm sure both of you have experienced that. I know for sure since we started to work together, you both are really holding yourselves in a quite a powerful way internally. And that is, that's the gift of the work. It's stability. It's emotional stability. And not only that, it's empowerment, like immense empowerment. And the more of this we do, the more empowered we are as individuals. So our, our sense of empowerment amplifies massively because that is the, that's what the alchemy is. That's the, that's the nucleus is the power and the masculine feminine woven through that is what creates it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. I feel like I've been taken into a chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah answers a lot of questions that I had. Yes. Yeah. I can really resonate with that emotional stability and becoming much less reactive and a, a lot more, um, uh, in, yeah, empowered in a way that we can respond and not react. Um, and that's mm -hmm. so freeing and allows us to have such healthier, intimate relationships. Yeah. And I think that the, the other really big gift of this work is that as I go through these um, experiences and realizing that even if it's Aaron that triggers whatever it is, I, I realize more and more that it's me, that this is my stuff going mm -hmm. on. And so it, it's particularly helped most recently with um, 
with my two daughters and that if they have things going on of really knowing even if I know that or they're telling me I'm the external trigger or something like that I just know this isn't about me and then my role is not to make it about me it's to really be there so it's been really valuable as a parent hugely valuable that law of reflection seems to play out massively with (laughs) children (laughs) totally it's true it's true yeah yeah it's it's the thing is is that like you're not just having a relationship with each other it, it you're having intimate relationships with multiple people at the same time mm-hmm. and that's what happens when we you know introduce a child or children into into a you know our family yeah anyone who's coming in like that's a very intimate relationship that's close that is <laughs> that's in your face mm-hmm. and um and obviously it's it's a more challenging path because especially when you're raising young ones and and they're they're who they are they have their own initiations in life they they have their own way of attracting experiences in the world and participating in their little relationships with people with their their friends and their teachers and other kids in classes and so there's so much responsibility as a parent but the gift is phenomenal that you are doing this while the children are so young still and you can bring that presence into into your into their lives and um and it's so calming i'm sure you've experienced that when you come to them with total presence it's like this it's like the projections just bounce off mm-hmm. and they may it's almost like talking to a, a not a wall but a talking to a field that is that is not feeding their story yeah. exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then it just falls <laughs> it just falls away because there because they know that there's something higher yeah and i think also again look even this morning i was sharing some of just some memories of my childhood that was popping up but i felt that earlier when you were describing how to do the reading you were actually reading me from yeah, this morning you so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, like you're so reading me yeah. <laughs> thank you. i was doing that process on myself i could and then i could see how who i was projecting onto and how i played that out so um uh, but also seeing the um, the different roles that different people have played, and I have two sisters, and they both had a very different role in my life. I yeah. love them deeply, and very different relationships. And uh, and seeing how whether it was uh, it feels karmic, but you know how how things have played out, and that uh, why I why one of my sisters and I would have had a particular contract because of the lessons that we were both teaching each other and so it helps me also with um with the two girls and knowing i can we can see the different lessons that the the contract that they've got with one yeah. another and so or we get we already can sense into some of the life lessons that they're here to body and they're both very different lessons and again they're almost a polarity of their lessons and they're bringing mm-hmm. each other balance but seeing that it, it helps us mm-hmm have less of a charge around saving them from it and it's almost just having an awareness okay this is so it's about formulating and like strengthening their 
self-awareness and their capacity to express so that as those and guiding them through those lessons as we see them arising rather than getting caught up in trying, trying to, to save it. them or trying to fix it or protect them from everything because of mm. course a we can't and b that def- that's like they're just going to manifest it later in life in much harder conditions mm. so it's been we've just been reflecting recently the value of doing this inner work yes on ourselves yes with each other and mm. then with children in our lives and um, yeah. Yeah. yeah well you know i feel really touched by how committed you both are like <laughs> um it's quite extraordinary to you know to see you actively applying it because it really takes time and energy and devotion to do that for your children and to be that clear it's like a full-time job (laughs) (laughs) and we know even with our business and stuff we said like when we did that earlier podcast on the spirituality and how does spirituality affect the business and that sort of thing is that we've always made this our priority and we know that we know there are certain reasons why our certain things in our business we thought would take off and they didn't that's because this is our work and if that had have taken off we wouldn't have well maybe we would have but this we've always maintained this is the priority because this yeah. is work this is what we yeah. do this is how we actually truly serve the collective so yeah. Um, yeah yeah well i would suggest that's because you're so resonant with the truth of that yeah. it, that's how you know it's it's your work it's like that's like and it's it underpins everything it's the foundational you know, it's it's the starting place of, of everything you do. Yeah. And yeah, it's that resonance, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. 100%. And uh, what has just dropped in for me now is like one of the gifts of being so committed to this sort of work is that it actually, you do build muscle around it and it does get easier. Mm. And I believe that's because your presence gets stronger from doing the work and you can actually be more self-aware as to what's being felt what's the belief what's this aspect wanting mm-hmm. to say and voice mm-hmm. what do i need in this situation what am i projecting like we just get so much better at actually identifying what's really going on rather than sending out those projections as yeah. you're saying yeah. yeah and with each other also we know if one of us is in reactivity it's it's we know each other so well now that we know what's playing out in one of us is just holding space for that rather yeah. than getting caught up in it and yeah um so it's yeah no come i'm drowning come and drown yeah. with me like yeah. just outside here you see no you just have to reach out yeah so mm. um mm. so that's a lot of self-responsibility yeah mm. yep that's the key thing isn't it yep mm. yeah and Illumina, what would you say to someone who's like highly identified and highly embodied in their masculine energy? Like for me, 12, 18 months ago, there was that aspect of me that wanted to be the next Tony Robbins of <laughs> the words. Mm. Used. I was like, oh shit, that's so true. Um, and and I could I visualize like if my wholeness was like this, I had this aspect that was like pointing out this way, trying to drag everyone yeah to go this way and all these other aspects are like oh help me (laughs) (laughs) 
but I've spent so much money on this. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah. So what would you say to that person that, that fear is letting go of that masculine tendency? Mm. Well, then they would firstly need to be able to see that they are strongly um, led by their masculine and that there may be something they're denying or some place they're truly missing out. Um, maybe some more magic that can be alchemized by, by actually sort of, you know, coming back into the center and spending a little time reflecting on what their agenda is, especially what is it that I'm wanting to do here? What is it that I'm creating and why? Why is that so important for me to do that? Mm. That would be the things that I would honestly be looking at. What's my, what's my, um, my agenda with this? What do I want? Do I want power? Do I want admiration? Do I want to impress people? <laughs> um, do I want to explore the gifts I have and give it a go. Like a lot of people say, oh, here's a business idea. I'm going to give it a go. And, um, but it's like, it needs to be, you know, laid out on the, on the table and, and go, okay, well, you know, there's that much of me invested in success and, you know, what's my charge? What's my charge on this? Mm. Because, father might have said oh you know you'll never you'll you'll never go there you'll never you'll never be successful or whatever or not doing that you're not going to be successful doing that mm. you just need to go and get a job you know and just keep a roof over your head and you know just fulfill the responsibilities in life you know that's what you're supposed to do mm. <laughs> and yet this other part of us maybe have more, you know, higher aspirations. So we want to know whether there's a charge between, between what we're doing and aspiring to and, and never being like our father. Are we, do we have this never thing? I'll never be like you. I'll never be like him. I'm just going to do it this way. So if we have this rejection of our parents and the way they did it, the way they did anything, the way they raised us, if we have this rejection, then we have a charge on it. And that charge is going to you know, create some unrest. <laughs> it's going to manifest some things that would be maybe not of the highest or what might take us on a path that may not be of the highest. So we don't want to be doing this just to prove something to someone, to anyone, even ourselves, even though it's a fine exercise and there's nothing wrong with it. And we can do whatever we want because we have free will. There are no rules around this. We're free to take that path. But if there's a voice inside, if there's a sense in our soul that we may be doing it for the wrong reasons or 
I really want to spend time with my partner and my children, but I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to commit to this, this path of wealth and success. And I'm just going to work really, really hard and I'm going to live in an unbalanced way. And I'm willing to do that for five years. But in that five years, the children and the partner aren't getting anywhere near enough of what they need from the father. And in that five years, their distance has grown between them. There's a loss of intimacy in the relationships. There's a chasm of some kind. There might be feelings of guilt and shame of not being able to fulfill, fulfill everyone's needs and desires. And there's also maybe a tired person in there, maybe someone that needs a lot of deep nurturing and nourishment and, you know, they've starved themselves of those things. They find three years into it, their life is completely unbalanced and they've lost something, but they can regain it. It's just a matter of making different choices and say, well, what are my priorities in life? You know, what are they? What do I value? Do I value my family? Do I value seeing my children grow up and having a part in their lives? Do I value giving my, my partner a hand in the role of actually raising these children and having an influence on them and you know being there for them and and really being a father in that way not just a provider and that's just an example of you know a man in a relationship let's say do you, is that common for because i know after you'd been in your masculine for quite a few years right yeah and then after we did the divine union work <laughs> you went really you needed to go into your feminine do you find that the pendulum if it really has been this way it will go that way and almost a bit too far but you know it actually needs to have time in the other extremity so that it come into more it or? can do it can do depending on your path hmm. i would say if you're on quite an accelerated path a strong path yeah. it could certainly happen that way because um, uh, that was a fallout wasn't it of some of this work with the lumina um yeah i was already starting to sort of my body was actually deteriorating um that's right yeah and then we initiated the work and then it was sort of like <laughs> yeah and that's what can happen that's what can happen to a man or a woman who is totally focused on their business or career or just going to work and just doing everything in the masculine way, they can become sick. Mm. They can, their bodies can break down, you know, and, uh, and that's when we've left it too long. Mm. That's when we've left it too long. And then, you know, when women, when women go that way, there can be internal issues, you know, they might be, they might be keeping up the yoga or the gym, they might be racing off to work every day and fulfilling their, their corporate career or their job. And, uh, 
and you know they're they're staying fit and gorgeous but they're actually rate or emanating more of their masculine energy yeah. and sometimes that can wind up you know people can wind up very easily with um, uterine ovarian issues mm. imbalances in the body in one way or another which is saying it's the feminine saying come in you know i need some attention i need you to look at this i need you to understand that there's a there's a woman in here there is a feminine energy in here that is that has been ignored for a long time yeah and if we ignore that if we ignore our our feelings and our feminine our emotions if we if we don't do any work on resolving our pain and we just live with it forever or try to then others will do similar to us. They will not see our pain either. They'll, or they might see it, but they might not. They might not pay any heed to it because we've we've decided that's okay. We've overlooked ourselves. Why wouldn't someone else? But when they have relationship break breakdowns, they get really gutted, and you know, and hurt. Because they're feminine, their feeling nature has been overlooked and, and someone's been insensitive to that. But they've done it themselves. We've done it ourselves to ourselves. So how we treat ourselves is, is how our world will treat us. Mm. Our reflections. It's like there's the information <laughs> staring us in the face in the mirror of the other. And the other thing is, is, is what often happens is when people come out of relationships where they've been really uh, dominant in their masculine, be it a man or a woman, the next relationship, if they don't resolve it, if they don't take the lessons and, you know, take some space and be with themselves for a little while and integrate what those lessons were, you know, just really a, apply our awareness to that relationship. What did I do? What could I have done differently? What was mirrored to me? If we don't do that and we got take ourselves into the next relationship, believing that this person is fantastic and they would never do anything like that to us and that they've got these other qualities and they're so great in this way, but what can often happen is that the pendulum will swing and then that person, they're embodying their, their feminine so much and the, the person that they've attracted in is in their masculine as they were in their last relationship. So it's like the shoe's on the other foot and then they're getting to meet the masculine mirror yeah. and they're feeling all their feelings about this. So it can ping pong like that if we go from one relationship to the next without doing any work on ourselves or sufficient work on ourselves. Yeah. And many people are either masculine or feminine dominated in, internally. Mm. 
So this work, this divine union work, is actually to bring our masculine and feminine into a place of love, respect, compassion, union internally so that we can attract a more balanced mirror and we will continue to grow and we will continue to be challenged. But we're continuing to grow our light and our radiance. You know, that's a part of it. Our receptivity is opening, our empowerment is coming. We move to a whole new level of who, what, how embodied we are. Mm. And then someone matching you in that is, it's, it's like it's a bit of a different thing, you know. Mm. And you two are matching each other extremely well because you're both equally committed and you've been doing the work for an equal amount of time. And you're equally powerful. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, something, uh, well, it's interesting now. We've had a few couples come into our field lately who seem to be on a similar trajectory. And you mentioned uh, just before about spending time alone after a relationship. Mm. What we're noticing is if I don't know if it's a twin flame thing or if it's a divine union sovereignty thing. Um, and it certainly played out for us during our integration was that quite often what's necessary and needed is time spent physically apart. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just wondering and wanting to get your perspective and understanding on, on why that's important and what's really happening there. Mm. Yeah. Well, in my particular journey, I mean, that has been a huge gift. Um, and one of my strongest relationships lasted for eight years, but we were more than half the time in other opposite parts of the world. But we were continually in touch and continually committed to the soul growth. And that was the priority. And even though in the beginning I wasn't so keen on that, that aspect of the relationship, I realised that letting him go, letting him go, letting him go, just gave me completely back to myself. So I made the point of every time he would leave, because he was Canadian, every time he would leave and travel somewhere else, that I would go, I would take the time to integrate the time that we had together completely. I would examine everything that occurred that, um, that was triggering and there were, you know, some main themes. And then I would shift into a whole new level of consciousness in his absence. And and that was really quite an amazing gift. So, but we have to be willing to, to really give that to ourselves and to not be always, we have to be strong. I had a partner that was completely committed 
to the truth of his soul and, and expressing love and with immense integrity. But his, it was a sovereign, um, a sovereign loving perspective. And I came from a, an old paradigm where the conditioning was codependence. And given that the chemistry and the attraction was so powerful between us, I really wanted to like tie that down. <laughs> I really wanted to keep it. Mm. And, and, and every part of my unconscious, you know, struggled and, you know, and kicked and scratched to try and have power to, to actually do that. But he was not going to, not going to let me do that because he knew the higher truth and he carried it in his heart and in his knowing. And he was never going to, he was never going to acquiesce to anything less than that, which was such a gift to me because it didn't matter how much these parts of me wanted to be claimed by him. He was not going to do it because he was never going to betray his inner knowing. So that just continually handed me back to myself. So when we do allow ourselves, permit ourselves to take that time apart, then we need to have the courage not to be continually trying to throw hooks out and drag that person in, you know, tugging on their heartstrings and trying to get them to say, oh, they're there. No, we are, we are on paths of embodying, you know, something far, far more important than that. And that is the priority. All of our relationships come beyond this, come after it. So we are here to realize our wholeness. So any part of us that is going, please come home, please let's get back together. I really miss you. You know, I want you to feel this, this void I'm feeling. But we must be willing to, to sit in our own essence and in the field and to really, really intentionally connect with that field and to acknowledge its greatness. And how much greater and more powerful it is than the part of us, the, the little child that feels alone. Mm -hmm. And we need to be with that little child. That might have happened when we were three years old, that we felt deserted by our parents and there was no one that we could turn to in a moment. Mm -hmm. And that memory might be coming up. It might have also come through from other, other lifetimes, timelines, and happened when we were three years old. So there's that triggering. So we need to meet our little three-year-old self that desperately, desperately wants a cuddle and to make love with the one that we're struggling with the most. It's like, oh, and, and some people do use making love, sex to, you know, fill those voids. 
Mm. It's like, oh, if you'll just do this, I'll be all right. I'll feel better. So we get the dopamine hit, right? Mm. And the serotonin. And we feel all lovely for a little while. And so, oh, yeah, we'll just forget that happened. Let's sweep it under the rug, that problem we had yesterday. Mm. But it doesn't go away if we won't sit with it and, and be, you know, be parents of ourselves, of our own parts. Mm. Beautiful. And I remember when, because for those listening, um, about, I don't know, time, when was it? 12 months ago that you moved to the farm? Yeah. Oh, July last year. So 14 months ago or so. Yeah. Just a few months after we started the work with the Lima. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah, there was this, I, I, I knew that you needed to go. And um, we weren't breaking up, but I knew that you needed to go. And there had to be some level of detachment mm. when, when you left to go to the farm. Mm. And, um, and I, I, I shared later, like months later when I, I can't once I don't because that caused um, a whole lot of you know sovereign work um, in, within myself and within yourself over over a few months, and um, and each time we'd come back together we'd be even stronger, and then we'd go apart we'd kind of go further apart in terms of our own individual field and you know needing the our own different initiations which were different because I'd come out of a a long-term relationship, you, you know, we're at very different stages in life and in our own journeys. Um, but I know that I, I realised upon reflection that when I first suggest, because I was the one that suggested that you go, that you move away, that I realised there was an aspect of me that was suggesting that you move away so that I could keep you. Because yeah. I, I kind of felt like if he stays here, I'm not going to get to keep him. So mm -hmm. I'll get to let him go. And then I get to look like I'm being really like free and go. But actually I realised there was a, subconscious maybe a little bit conscious but not really wanting to see that you go and then hopefully you'll come back and at the same time the higher aspect of me knew that you had to go i knew that you needed to right. for yourself for us for myself and there were we saw each other you know we, there were different times we'd see each other and then we'd come back again closer and then apart and then in that i remember there being like a really key key moment and and just I was in that space of like like total abandonment, totally alone. Total, I just saw my life path. Like, oh my god, what the fuck have I done? You know, and just not regretting anything, but just I was at this precipice of like just going into darkness, and I knew I had to go through it alone. And where I remember on the call, and I was sharing, I was I just put up in the door, and I was crying, and I was sharing all these deep feelings. I just wanted to be felt and heard and you were just like i'm not the person to recognize yeah you, support you through this and it was like you weren't cold in it but no, it was yeah there was this level of like you just didn't come in it wasn't my truth yeah yeah and i was just like ah! yeah. <laughs> and we hung out and i remember i went into a few days i didn't see anyone for a few days i was just on my own and there was some deep deep work of sitting with myself and holding myself and i think that was probably one of the first experiences that i I felt myself as that small child being the child. And then I also felt myself coming in and holding that and that own divine union. And that was my, I was like, oh, this is what it's, this is what that is to be the child and my own mother. Mm. And um, it was so beautiful. So I, mm. later on, I was very grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the gift that we give each other when we honour our, 
truth and honor yeah. our path. And yeah. eventually, I think we saw each other one more time. We went apart one more time, and then um, that led on to us having a conversation. We were due to see each other in a week or so, and I remember we were just chatting and and yeah, I remember saying to you, "Do you actually want to be in a relationship?" Mm. And you're like, "I don't know." Yeah. And and it came to that point, and overnight, we both actually let the relationship go. Yeah, I mm. grieved it. Yeah, I did it not independently. We didn't know, we yeah. didn't have reception mm-hmm. or anything, but it was only in that full. And I know for me, I was definitely the one that was more attached. Um, I like to say that because my soul knew that we were going to be together. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, but I had to go through. I had to, and I and I knew I couldn't pretend to let it go because we can't trick source. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> and it was only that letting. And then we both woke up, and we both had that like. And yeah, yeah, you came to. Yeah, I grieve the relationship, but in allowing myself to really feel those emotions and being willing to, you know, throw the last three years of my life where I'd been trying to make something of myself and had this relationship and built, you know, so much, just really allow it to all go. But in doing that, I actually felt this immense power come back to myself that I'd been putting out there and mm. been giving to the feminine unconsciously. I, I just breathed it all back in. I was like, well, you know what, if I've got to start again, so be it. I've, I've, I've come too far to, to give up. And, um, and it was once I'd reclaimed that aspect of myself and that part of my power, and then I could see clearly, I was like, oh, I really love Greer and I, I want to, I want to build my life and create my life with her. So mm. That's when I called it. We called back up, and it was like, (laughs) (laughs) but we did. We did let each other go in that. Yeah, and we we knew it without knowing. Um, Yeah, yeah, and that was so. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because what can happen is like the the chakra pops open again as soon as we stop like getting um, sticky with it. You know, as soon as we as soon as we stop rejecting that person or projecting something onto them um, and we let go, like we really let go. And then it's like, and we, uh, yeah, it's like when we stop projecting, like, oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to be with you because duh, duh, duh. And, and we realize when we're saying that something is not open, mm-hmm. some part of us isn't open. But when we really, discover what that is what the belief is when we do that that self introspection and really meet that part and we break the agreement then the energy opens up again and it literally flows Mm. and then it can put us back into a place of either choosing to be with that person or not yeah but it'll it'll put us into our center and then we can discover our truth which is not, you know, any any kind of closed down um, energy centers. It is. It's it's everything flowing. Mm-hmm. It's everything flowing here. Yeah. Sometimes we don't end up in really good shape, you know, in a relationship. Sometimes, sometimes we've you know experienced a lot of things and we've stayed in it, and you know either we've stayed too long or we stayed as long as we needed to, or we stayed as long as we had a contract to stay for. Mm-hmm. And your soul knows when that is. 
And maybe we've accumulated a bit of stuff and it's really going to take some time to integrate and to meet all of the parts of us that we've accumulated and for the energy to fully open again, really fully to that person. We can still hear people five years after their divorce making really disrespectful comments towards their ex. Mm. And, uh, and they're not seeing they're not seeing them as divine and, and thanking them for an experience rather than thinking, oh, I've just wasted 10 years of my life. Mm. Which some people do perceive their relationships as a waste of their time if they, if they don't end up with it in the end. Mm. And to me, this is really not truth. It's only truth for that part of a person who believes that. But there is a gift always in that relationship. We might have invested 10 years of our time, but what would we attach to as an outcome if we see it as a waste of our life, as a waste of our time and energy? What were we expecting? Probably someone to grow old with, you know? Probably someone who was going to keep being, you know, I don't know what, because relationships can die a long time or, you know, the juice can just, like, drizzle away mm. if we have no commitment to truth and we never challenge ourselves to grow mm. in a in a partnership it can just plateau out and the attraction can just be very flat and as you would know because you both are so committed to truth that the juice is very much there between you you know the admiration is there yeah. And that is what maintains admiration. It's looking at your partner and going, wow, <laughs> you know, you're really amazing because you're so committed to being the truth of who you are. And you're so committed to the heart, you know. Mm -hmm. You can be committed to going on a path and, you know, having a successful business or whatever. And, yes, that's admirable. But when you're really, really committed to just peeling everything away, you know, removing all of the veils to the presence within, that is a turn on, you know, that is, yeah. that is a beautiful thing. That is, that's like, wow, you know, we're alive. Yeah. We're really alive. It is. And because with each layer that peels off, there's more of the truth that's being felt and shared yeah. and witnessed yeah. and honored. So then we can honor each other more. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that sorry some of those layers that we really judge as unlovable when we peel them off and show them to our partner and our partner loves those layers is just like one of the biggest gifts yeah ever yeah. So i've always well not always said i've said for a while one of the greatest gifts Greer's ever given me is loving me through my shadows mm. parts of myself that i've found unlovable when yeah. I revealed those aspects and she still loved me anyway, it was immensely. That is a huge gift, Aaron. <laughs> that gift. is a huge gift because some people, even in conscious relationships, um, don't choose to do that, you know, or struggle with it because there's so much of that that is a mirror and that is like their sore spot or the part of them that they can't love, that they cannot mind you the thing that that is really that's really working for the two of you that i notice is vulnerability 
and humility. And those qualities are vital for a phenomenal relationship. Not only that, but phenomenal relationships with everyone, everyone. We really make our projects and our communities work when we can, when we can uh, be humble enough and vulnerable enough and trusting enough and in our power enough to be those things. But it does take some trust in ourselves and in the fact that if I do this, someone else isn't going to come and trample on me. You're not wasting your, um, your humility and your vulnerability on a person who is, um, who actually cannot value it. Yeah. Yet Rhea is really valuing it because she knows that is the, that is the place of, um, that's the pivotal place that we must hold in intimate relationship or in our relationships with anyone we love. That's where the magic bursts from. Mm. And, you know, there are, there are phenomenal qualities, I have to say, because um, without that, a relationship will not be a loving relationship. It will not be a magic relationship. It'll, it'll just be, it'll be locked into a, into a frequency band that, you know, that is not very fulfilling. And we may tell ourselves, oh, yeah, no, it's good. No, we're good. Da, 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 da. And, yeah, that's because we've got used to living without this and living without that and we've, we've come to accept that and that's how it is. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm hanging on to that because actually we own some property together or we have children together and we're going to stick it out and we're going to stay together forever and, or we married and we're not going to get unmarried or, you know, and, and yes, um, there is this uh, attention that's going out to other, you know, other attractive people. And I'm just not going to pay. I'm not going to do the inner work. I'm, uh, I'm going to deny that for as long as I possibly can. You know, there are all these, all these level, um, levels of, of fears and, um, and unconscious or subconscious, um, um, you know, things that we're just holding down, we're patting down, we're just like, poor, just keeping it together. Yeah. And that is, that, that's not comfortable. No. You know, it's really not comfortable. Well, it's not. It, it might look all right for a little while and then, and then something gets triggered and then it's like, boom, you know, then you're, everything feels horrible and we feel incredibly insecure and um, and we want someone to promise us that they'll never do that again, mm. and and that is, it's not the most ideal place to come from when it comes to, well, why, why did they do that? What is it I am experiencing inside? What is it I'm believing, expecting, feeling? What is where is the mirror here? Yeah. Yeah. So the vulnerability and humility is up there, both number tens. Yes. <laughs> Take that, Dad. Pretty hard. Like your success. Well, I could keep talking to you for hours, Luna. Yeah. So really good. Um, but yeah, it's anything that you want to. Uh, we kind of before we started recording, we kind of 
sense into whether it would be appropriate to have a transmission at, at the towards the end? What's your sense of that now? Yeah, we can do something. Um, I'll only know what it is when I close my eyes and, and go inside. So let's do that. Yeah. We'll and what we might do is thank you now and say thank you and um, let those listening and those watching know that we'll put Illumina's contact details at the end of the podcast episode. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Illumina. We, yeah. You know, thank we you love you. It's been an immense pleasure. Your work and service so much. So thank you. Thank you. So we'll just take five minutes. Yeah. Yep. Turn our video off. So as we close our eyes together, and once again, be begin to breathe. With your focus in to the center of your chest. the center of your heart flame, the focal point of your eternal nature. And each breath begins to concentrate in light within us. And this light begins to grow, this flame begins to expand. Imagining now a spherical illumination within the center of your chest. This is living and breathing as we draw from the very field around us more of the source energy and higher concentrations. The more attention we place on these concentrations of the superintelligent field, on our breath, our experience of it begins to flow through our lungs, begins to nourish our bloodstream, our organs, begins to enter us more fully this focus. Notice that your illumined sphere of light within the center of your chest is growing and expanding now. As you simply breathe. Imagine there are more energy centers or chakras 
around the heart in front and behind above and beneath the center of your heart to each side of you left and right three feet out in every direction And you are in the center of this. And as the field concentrates more and more, see this expansion going out in every direction to six feet. And your whole body, your physical body, is sitting within this illumined sphere of light. And as we are the light, a blazing spirit within the heart of our bodies, within every cell of our being and every quark of the field around us. There is a flame of light. And as we focus upon this light within us and with all around us, within every cell of our body, every cell of every organ of every nerve and blood cell platelets it's breathing this light seeing it ignite inside of you in more concentrated forms. As not only does it fill the lungs, fills the diaphragm, the pancreas, the gallbladder, the liver, large and small intestines, stomach. All of your abdominal region, right to the bone. Concentrations amassing within your shoulders and your arms, your neck, your legs, right down to your feet. In your hands and up into your head just focus for some moments on these concentrations increasing tenfold through all of the body and the field immediately around us.
with each breath, these concentrations of the superintelligent field of all that is, begin to increase Increasing another 20%, another 50%. Feel within. your central core that there is a sensation in the base that is connecting with the earth heart that there is a sense of the earth directly beneath us that supports our body and that the heart and spirit of the earth is reaching into us, feeding and nourishing us, blending with our own eternal flame, the great spirit of the earth, merging with our entire field. Breathing the potency that is added through this great spirit of Mother Earth. And take your awareness to the light that enters from the crown from above you. Imagine the presence of the sun and the activating warming flow of golden light that it emanates. The spirit of the sun is alive and here to support all of life with the earth and upon the earth. And there is truly a union, a divine union that is now focused upon us through the sun, the heart of the sun and the active father energy and the heart of the earth, mother. And this blending and merging is occurring within our fields. Gently breathing and receiving the even higher concentrations of the unified field of all possibility. It is this field that is a gift to us, that is a birthright 
that is simply existing with or without our thought of it. It moves through us, it breathes us. It keeps our bodies alive, functioning. Beautiful, brilliant technology. That is the physical body and the temple of our soul. And it is through choosing to enter into communion with this that we may engage its power to connect with any hurt part of our energy or consciousness, any strong beliefs that may have revealed themselves to us, that create us to feel separate from the field. It is here while we sit in the high concentration of the field with the support of the earth and the sun that our aspects of consciousness that may have up until now influenced us in ways which continue to manifest a reality we no longer wish for. Can once again return to the source of us via a bridge to our heart and it is for us to extend our heart of compassion and this bridge to these parts as they as though they are small children looking for home looking for the parents We are those parents of our small child and the burdens we may have carried since childhood or other timelines. May now be laid to rest in the divine energy of the super intelligent field of all that is, the unified field. Any burdens that you may be aware of at this time that you have been carrying 
you may choose now to give over to the spirit of all that is. With all of your heart and soul, choose for this. In full transparency, choose for it. In welcoming in the new presence, we must make the space by surrendering, sacrificing what no longer serves us. Yet this must be genuine. It must be an authentic intention with all of your heart and soul, give it over. Because you are this divinity, regardless of what may have occurred to you, regardless of what you may think of yourself, regardless of what others may think of you. You are this source and your only task is to return to this source all of the parts of you that may have forgotten that that is their home this is the safe place to live life from this is where the guidance and wisdom can be found to make healthy choices. And this is where compassion is developed. But first, we must be willing to hold this for ourselves and all parts of our consciousness, all aspects of our ego and personality. You may take some moments to bring home all of the parts of you that are in your awareness at this time and take as much time and space as you wish. As we bid you, namaste.